This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Feminism in your ears. It's another broad podcast on Joy 94.9. Keep listening. Hashtag feminism. Hashtag podcast. Hashtag broad on Joy 94.9. But this movement, this moment, this march allowed me to step out of my issue expertise and really think about intersectionality. Mm. I'm Sonia from Broad on Joy 94.9. So I'd like mm-hmm. to welcome you to the show. It's Amazing. <laughs> Thank you. So welcome, um, Carmen Perez to Broad. Thank you for having me. It's truly an honor. Uh, again, I apologize because my schedule doesn't necessarily permit me to have so much time. And so mm. I'm in the middle of meetings while I'm trying to talk to you. But thank you for having me and thank you for your patience and looking forward to this conversation. Thank you. Uh, likewise, for our show, we're a feminist show, a woman's show, an intersectional show. So it's it's important to get voices like yourself and particularly with what's happening and recently with the Women's March on Washington. But Carmen, you've been in the global spotlight most recently with the Women's March on Washington held January the 21st. Of course, there's so much more to you than than that and you've been involved with so much activism and human rights work and projects in the US. How did it come about that you got involved as co-chair in the Women's March? Well, I got a call on Friday after the election to come on board along with Tamika Mallory, just based on our history of human rights and civil rights work in the U.S. and also internationally. And so immediately I felt this responsibility to ensure that the communities that I had been working with for the past 20 years were at the center. Um, And so I, I took the challenge on to be not only the person that was coming in to ensure that our communities were at the center, but also as one of the national co-chairs. And so it was truly an honor to take on that role and to ensure that we in our organizing were intentional about intersectionality and inclusivity, not only Mm -hmm. as it pertained to issues like gender violence or uh, reproductive justice or criminal justice, but also as it pertained to race and gender and gender nonconforming. So I was brought in really based, really to set the agenda. And also because Tamika, myself and Linda Sarsour are part of Justice League NYC. um, And we led a march from New York City to D.C. uh, with three criminal justice bills around criminal justice reform. um, And it was 250 miles in nine days. And so based on the work, again, like I mentioned, the work Mm. that we've done previously, we were brought in to ensure that we were able to set the agenda and also ensure that the communities that we represent collectively were at the center. Yeah, no, that's brilliant. And I've seen the videos and some of the photos of that original action. So now, of course, for many women now aware that there will be the national strike in the US, a day without a woman. Uh, Was the idea of a strike always on the cards? And what are your hopes moving forward? And how do you expect it to go state by state? So I know for those of us that have been doing this work for quite some time, we always Mm. talk about and look at the organizers and the movements of the past. We look at the the great boycott, the Montgomery boycott. We also are connected to labor and we've been a part of different strikes just um, in our organizing and activist uh, field. And so we've thought about this uh, for quite some time. But so when we were 
asked to be part of the Women's March. Certainly, we were organizing for the Women's March on Washington, but it was important that we also demonstrate not only our collective power by removing ourselves from society, but the importance of women in the home, in the family, as it pertains to our roles in in the, the, the field of any type of issue that is out there. And so we are in solidarity and collaborating with International Women's Day uh, oh, yes. strike, uh, which is a day of activism. And so the Women's March on Washington is uh, responsible for a day without a woman. And so we're looking at having people participate in three ways. One is to not go to work or not go to school. I mean, obviously, we want to ensure that students know the policies of their schools before Mm. they participate. And so if women are financially responsible for their families and are not able to not go to work, we ask them to uh, a second way in which they could participate is to not purchase anything of that day. Or the third is also to wear a color of solidarity. And so if people could do all three, great. If they could only do one of three, uh, we welcome that. And so I know that because we're working with the committee that's putting together the International Women's Day strike, we are expecting for this to be global. Yes, people celebrating mm-hmm. the, the generally the usual International Women's Day. So... Yes. And we certainly encourage people to celebrate women on International Women's Day. Mm. Again, you know, it's, it's something that needs to happen every day, not mm. just one day, but yeah. certainly in agreement with that. Yes. Now, it's a vital time, of course, in the United States, in your country, and culturally and globally. The impact of the ascendancy of Trump has caused outright shock also over here and worldwide and its harmful impacts regarding his actions and his regime especially with the executive order on immigration, for example. What are your thoughts Mm -hmm. on this? And what approach do you think is necessary for activism and for women at this time? So I think the the Women's March on Washington was really able to be the catalyst for what we see happening in the world right now from Mm. the Muslim ban, the the protests that were happening at the airports, Mm. you know, ensuring that we protect our, our, our families that are refugees, you know, in regards to what's been happening, the ICE raids in America. Mm. But I am a disciple and a student of Harry Belafonte, who was critical during the civil rights movement. He is my mentor and my Mm. boss. And he's always taught me that what happens in one in one country has an impact on another. And so I remember traveling to places like Venezuela and Germany and Mm. Mexico, traveling uh, to El Salvador. And some of the policies that were were birthed out of Washington, D.C., were now in another country and negatively impacting the, the people. And so I find it inspiring that our global community has come together mm. in solidarity with those of us that are here in the United States, particularly because we do know that policies that are are birthed out of the United States can, can sometimes harm other countries. And mm. so being together in solidarity, working in collaboration, working in coordination, making sure that, you know, we understand that a harm to one is a harm to all, right? An injury to one is an injury to all. Mm. And so again, we are inspired by the fact that the Women's March on Washington has been a catalyst to uh, allow these different actions to happen all over the not only the country but also the globe. 
Mm. They're definitely very inspiring and mm. uh, you, you guys are like the trifecta, you know, in a horse race <laughs> when you see yourself, Tamika Mallory and, of course, Linda Sassor, who's been under some intense no, – I know you all are, but she's been particularly mm-hmm. targeted at Oh, of course. Our sister time. Linda has definitely been under attack and, and we just, you know, are so grateful that she continues to fight every day, mm. not only for her community but for our community and she always reminds us that our liberation is bound in one another. Another. And mm. so if we could show that type of togetherness and that type of unity and solidarity that young people and, and women all over the world are inspired by that. And, and we're also inspired by the energy and the support that people are giving us. So we really want to thank your audience for, for doing that. Mm, excellent. Now, with organizations like, oh, of course, you've been part of the Gathering of Justice uh, and mm-hmm. also Black Lives Matter and it being Black History Month in February this month. How much do you think these movements have affected the community, in particular women of color? I think this movement, you know, again, what we were really intentionally intentional about during the Women's March was centering the most marginalized communities and so asking organizations to really step out and individuals to step out their issue expertise to really look at the intersectionality between immigration reform and criminal justice Mm. and so what we find in the Black Lives Matter movement as well as in the work that I've done previously is that we we are having more intentional conversations. We are looking at coordinating our efforts. We have to coordinate our efforts. We have to come together. And it's only the beginning. We're going to have to continue to show up on the streets. We're going to have to continue to show up for one another. You know, maybe something doesn't negatively impact your community, but you know, we're hoping that you say, hey, I am here for you. You know, there's a community out of California, also Mexican, Mexican American. My mother is Mexican and my father is Chicano. He was born in the United States and it's a different type of subculture Mm. that has been created. And so one of the things uh, that we have been asked to do by one of my mentors is those of us that are born here in the United States, they're asking for us to show up for our undocumented brothers oh, and sisters right. and be on the front lines, mm. right, when the when ICE is coming to the community so that our brothers and sisters aren't being put in harm's way. And I think that's something that we could do and we could ask communities to do. That's a great um, show of uh, force and solidarity. really is, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. I don't think the other side expect that as much for that uh, unity. So mm-hmm. very good idea. Mm. Uh, so how, of course, gets the question, and you've pretty much answered it, though. How important do you feel intersectionality is right now for the movement? I think, you know, we have seen different forms of feminism here in the United States mm. in particular when we think about white radical feminism and Chicana feminism and black feminism. And I studied feminism in college. And what was really interesting is that when I was studying feminism, I was like, my mom's a feminist. Mm. I just didn't grow up with the language, right, about mm. my mom being a feminist. I just when I was hearing that she, you know, she a lot of the values that she upheld in our home were really the values of feminism. Uh, but as women, we're not monolithic. Um, and so as women of color, we experience different things. And so again, we are we're able to show that feminism in its present form is intersectional. Mm, Yeah, I think that's the way forward. Um, Now, we're a feminist radio show here on Broad on Joy 94.9, and it's a queer radio station as well. We're one of the few LGBTQA stations in Australia. And I always ask a a guest what feminism means to them and where they see it going, uh, developing, and overall, who inspires you and your opinion as as far as a great role model for feminism? Um, I, I'm just going to go back to the woman that raised me and that was mm. my mother. But I learned I learned every single day 
from women like Alicia Garza from Black Lives Matter, Tamika mm-hmm. Mallory, um, Linda Sarsour. I learned from the women like Gloria Steinem, Aida Hurtado, who taught me Chicana feminism. Mm-hmm. There's so many women in my life, as well as, you know, Janet Mock, um, who is a trans woman, people who are gender nonconforming. I'm, and one of the things, like I had mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. I've been in the field of criminal justice for the last 20 years, working on police accountability, system accountability, yes. gender responsive programming for girls. But this movement, this moment, this march allowed me to step out of my issue expertise and really think about intersectionality. Mm. And I think with that intention, we're going to be able to move mountains. And I really hope that people feel welcomed into the movement. We also know that 70% of the people that attended the march around the globe, there was close to five to six million people that marched, had never marched before. So again, I think we were able to show people um, and create entry points for them, but we were able to show people that they could see themselves in the messaging. Excellent. Well, yeah, I totally agree. Update some some of the news that's coming through today through my feed on social media as, of course, what's happening in North Dakota right now and the Standing mm-hmm. Rock and the camp. What are your feelings about that and as an issue? Well, first and- of all, I just want to say, mm-hmm. you know, I send my prayers to the families and the people out in Standing Rock. It is truly disheartening to know that our number 45, I I can't even call him my president, but number 45 Mm. um, doesn't recognize their humanity and doesn't understand the need that in the Lakota tradition, in indigenous tradition, water is life. And so the fact that he can't see our humanity is certainly a reflection of, of others in this country that continue to allow those corporations to do away with, with some of our human rights. But again, I know that there are a lot of people um, that I organize with that are in support and are out in Standing Rock with our indigenous brothers and sisters but we certainly need to make sure that we protect them and that we fight with them and that we stand in solidarity with them but i i'm completely just for lack of a better word just just disgusted as to the way in which our people our indigenous people have been treated yes exactly we have similar issues in australia and obviously wherever there are indigenous people there are you know colonizing and problems from that so yes we totally stand with them too but finally Mm -hmm. i i know you really push for time so i wonder if I could ask you a very big favor to mm-hmm. uh, say a station ID, a show ID for our show. The name of the show is Broad and it's on Joy 94.9. So giving, I want to give a shout out to Broad on Joy 94.9. Thank you for having me. Thank you to all your listeners. Thank you to you uh, for having me on your show and letting me share uh, some of my work on the Women's March on Washington. But I hope that people are inspired and I also look forward to continuing to build with you. Thank you. Thanks so much, Carmen. All the best. And thank you very much for um, for your time today. And kia kaha, as we say in New Zealand. I'm from Aotearoa originally, so <laughs> that's what we say down there. Oh, well, thank you so much. And you have a wonderful rest of your evening. Thank you for being patient with me. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Take care. All right. Uh Bye-bye. 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 That was the amazing Carmen Perez, one of the leaders of the movement. And it is a movement. The Women's March on Washington has led on to some incredible new ideas and new community building and new collaborations and 
yes, uh, new connections, including here with us on Broad on Joy 94.9. So we spoke to Carmen, as you can hear in this interview, putting a spotlight on the Women's March in Washington and also the upcoming uh, national strike in the US. And perhaps it will go global too, I think, with International Women's Day being the day that is chosen, March the 8th. Of course, you can get involved. We'll put all the Facebook on the Facebook and social media, some of the links to that. And also you can find out more about Carmen. Now, there was a lot I could have said to her and asked her, but we just ran out of time. And she's, as you could hear, she was actually in the middle of a meeting right there and then. So it's five o'clock or 5.30 almost uh, p.m. Uh, American time in New York City where she's based. And she does a lot of um, amazing work, uh, works in the justice system, helping young people. Now, of course, part of the march and now with the new activism and uh, a day without a woman. So she's a very strong feminist and she had quite a bit to say there in the short time they spoke to her. But intersectionality is definitely clearly is a key, a key part of the movement. And we stand with her on that and also stand with Standing Rock at this uh, dire moment in time for American history. But we're standing with them. And I want to thank um, Carmen Perez and uh, Brea Baker for helping me to um, get to, to, to talk to Carmen which is excellent. So stay posted with us here on Broad on Joy 94.9 for more uh, feminism. I have such admiration for Black Lives Matter. Diaz uh, Aliza Garza, she's one of the founders of Black Lives Matter. I I mean, this is a movement that started by two queer women of color that has like shaken the political establishment in America that has forced like presidential candidates, forced the president to address it, that has deeply uh, challenged, you know, really many institutions of white supremacy there and that's spread around the world. Yeah, I have such I have such admiration. When Ferguson first happened, I have to admit, I was looking at it and I was like, man, it felt like Occupy was children's dress rehearsal compared to yeah. what people are doing here and what people are risking here. Feminism, and does, does that play a part in what you do? I mean, obviously, I'm a feminist. I, I tend to subscribe to the, the Gloria Steinem definition, which is that it's the revolutionary idea that women are equal human beings. How that plays out with my relationship to other people who identify as feminists, that's a different thing, of course. You know, there, There's a huge amount of, of disagreement and um, debate. But for me, my feminism comes from the belief that no one should be restricted, no one should be marginalized, no one should be trivialized, no one should made sim- be made simple, no one should be locked in a cage or even put up on a pedestal because they're a woman, because we're humans, and mm-hmm. humans have the right to equality and freedom, and also humans exhibit the full diversity, good and bad, of, of characteristics, men and women. And I would say that you should never let anyone, um, not a lover, not a husband, not a parent, not a sibling, you should never let anyone steal from you the sense of your own value and your own dignity. And I should also say that the most valuable thing we have, one of them, is a community that loves us and that nourishes us and that has our back. Thank you. Hi, I'm Molly Crabapple, and you are listening to Broad on Joy 94.9. Thank you, sisters. You've been listening to this Broad podcast here on Joy 94.9. Don't forget to tune in to us Monday nights at 9pm on Joy for feminism in your ears. 
Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.